0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Arsenal way. We are back at you with an Analyzing Arsenal episode and of course I'm joined by David Hughes. David, how are you? Uh, I'm okay, yeah. Probably a little bit better than yourself, Bailey, and uh, a few of the others watching and
1: listening. But yeah, I'm good. Thanks, mate.
0: <laughs> of course, of course. Being an Everton fan, I know you were waiting for the Analyzing Arsenal and it did go in your favour with the <laughs> Everton win on Monday. Just give me a uh, give me a feeling. How are you feeling about that win? Just What are your thoughts, your initial thoughts on that? Yeah, you know,
1: I guess from the, the event side of things, it was a big win because, um, you know, Arsenal have certainly over the last, uh, you know, 10, 12 games, they've, they've been picking up results. You know, I've spoke before on the show that I think uh, sometimes uh, the games have been quite often in the balance and it's kind of landed on the right side of the result for Arsenal. Um, but it was important for them to keep grinding out victories. So I knew it was going to be a tough game. Um, and to come out with a win... You know, it was huge for Everton because Arsenal definitely had the potential to, to beat them. Uh, so, yeah, I think uh, Everton would be very relieved to to get something from that game. And obviously, a kick in the teeth for, for Arsenal fans, but the manner in that it comes about, you know, coming so late on, no chance of throwing it away as well, was certainly from an Everton perspective that bit sweeter.
0: Yeah, a real disappointment for us, Arsenal fans. It's back-to-back games now. Where we've taken the lead in the game. We've had control, and then suddenly we just look like a complete different team once we take the lead. But David, mm-hmm. I know you would. I would like to touch on your about the Everton thoughts, so we need to touch on Arsenal here. I just want to know what, like, what was the biggest reason why Arsenal lost that game? Is there are multiple factors? Fans were touching on uh, tactics of Arteta, the inexperience of the defense, some of the individual mistakes. But for you, just briefly, what was the biggest, biggest reason for the defeat? Do you think?
1: So I remember thinking in the game, um, obviously it was a fairly even contest, wasn't it, the opening 45 minutes or so, and Arsenal scored I had a really good time. But what really stood out for me, uh, and this isn't very technical, this is just an observation of the game, it, it felt as if
0: uh, Arsenal were quite keen to, sorry mate, we're not live are we? <laughs> no no are we live it shouldn't be a sh- i think it should be, it should be pre-recorded let me let me just i think we've
1: got a parcel at the door so i'll that's, just that's fine that's fine that's two fine. seconds and i'll pick up from that, cool. that question Sorry, yeah that's, we'll
0: cool, that's cool that's cool man we're not live good 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 yeah i thought i thought we wouldn't be i will be weird if we were so Yeah, Colin. Sorry, oh, <laughs> that's common. So they won't bad five.
1: get in for number 48, I think. Oh, they are. Oh, um, so, good, uh, so the question was: you asked me what I felt was the reason Arsenal lost the game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cheers. Cool. Yeah, th- this isn't really, you know, anything t- specifically to do with the, the tactics side of things, but it did feel like it was a really even contest in the in the, say, the first 45 minutes. Arsenal scored at a really good time. But then there seemed to be a change in focus. Um, and I thought the game management wasn't the best from Arsenal at all. Um, it was quite clear that they were looking to run the clock down uh, for, you know, certainly halfway through the second half. It seemed to be a large period to just stop start, And I know that can quite often be branded as uh, finding ways to win ugly and things, but... I also think it results in a bit of a change of mindset with the arsenal players as well and there wasn't a lot of attacking emphasis in the team it was very conservative um and the reason i say that is because when everton equalized it kind of felt like it give arsenal a bit of a boost up the backside and they started looking quite dangerous again um so I don't know if maybe they, they struggled with that. They didn't manage the game too well. Everton switched uh, formation a little bit midway through the second half, went to a, a 4-3-3. I thought Everton done quite well then. Uh, they looked more dangerous. And I've said before, and we will probably come on to it shortly, Bailey, I don't think um, Arteta is always the best in terms of being a plan B manager, You know, mm-hmm. managing things in, in the game. Uh, I think it looked like he, he he didn't quite respond correctly or quick enough to that, um, and for me they were they were two big factors in in the results.
0: Yeah, of course we did speak about uh, you did mention Arteta's plan B, but I also want to talk about Arteta's plan A first and his starting lineup. Were you surprised about the inclusion of Granit Xhaka and Kieran uh, team Of course, Xhaka hasn't played in three months, and suddenly he gets thrown in the deep end for a game at Goodison Park, a ground where no. Arsenal have won in four years. And you'd expect the team to come with players who have played well. Not it was a risk, wasn't it, playing Granit Xhaka in that game?
1: Yeah, yeah, because um, what can happen? Okay, I haven't been out of form, but what can you know uh, quite often happen at Goodison is it does get quite hostile, you know, especially if the fans get on board and it it, it can become very frantic. And I felt like that happened a few times. The game did become quite frantic, you know, whenever it pressed Arsenal. And don't forget, we know that Arsenal obviously a team who like to play out uh, and it seems like Arteta is going to insist on doing that consistently, irrespective of opponents. Uh, you know, best example, at Anfield a few weeks ago, obviously it was to the detriment, but it's a philosophy he wants to stick with so ever knew that was going to happen so i thought he pressed well at times and if you're not quite sharp enough not quite up to speed like jack it didn't look like at times then then you can be punished can't you um and then tini obviously comes back in don't know where to stand on that because tavares has done has done quite well i know he uh, obviously had that mistake didn't he at anfield but beyond that i mean you watched them a lot more than me I don't think he's really had any any poor performances or well, any standout poor displays. Um would that be fair or
0: yeah, I think um at home he's done very well. So when he, we go to the tougher way grounds that he's struggled, I think against Manchester United, he he held his own, he does he did do well. It just looked like he was a bit out of place at times, he did look a bit mm-hmm. nervy on the board, a bit inexperienced. I think that was I think and-
1: yeah, maybe that's why right Tierney comes back in, he has got that experience. Um Coincidentally, I, I said before the Liverpool show, I probably would have started Teeny as long as he was yeah. fitting off Alan Fields, I think it would have been a better occasion. So so maybe that was the thinking, maybe Arteta learned a little bit from that that fixture from the United game and thought Tierney's probably better for this for this one. But Xhaka was a surprise, I didn't expect them to see him start.
0: Yeah, yeah same, exactly. And the... Uh... Tini did work because, of course, for Arsenal's first goal, it was a teeny cross that was met with by Martin Odegaard. And Martin Odegaard, finally, he has started to turn up for Arsenal recently. And I think Arthur did deserve criticism for the game against Everton, but his decision to start Odegaard and Antony worked, didn't it? They had to, they did com- yeah. they did combine a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's it can be a little bit hard to sometimes unlock the consistency of Odegaard, but when you do get the best version of him, uh, and I definitely thought he played well uh, in spells on on Monday night. If Arsenal can, can just get that out consistently, then I think he 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 can be a top player. Um, I guess the problem is sometimes he's a little bit more inventive. And I think uh, Arteta can be a little bit strict in what he wants from his profiles, uh, from the players. Again, something we'll maybe come on to in, in a bit.
0: Yeah, definitely. And um, we did speak on Shaka, And I want to speak about his partner, Thomas Partey. Of course, in the game against Manchester United, he came out and said he'd had a four out of ten performance. He's not used to the speed of the Premier League. He's still trying to adapt. So then, you as you said, Goodison Park is a very hostile place and he definitely felt the wrath of that because he looked quite out of place and he lost the most jewels on the on the whole pitch as a whole. So Thomas Party was another struggle, wasn't he, uh, David? Yeah, yeah.
1: And that's obviously a crucial position in the pitch. Um, you know, I, I assume we'll, we'll talk briefly about the defensive side of things shortly. But yeah, you need kind of your top performers there. And you need the, the cool heads and the ones who recycle possession, look after a little bit better, uh, can kind of regain it. Um, I mean, you've just touched on Jules there. That's really important. You, know, you, want, you need to be able to regain the ball in the middle of the park and break down attacks. And it did feel like at times Everton were cutting through a little bit easier than they probably should have. Um, and that's, I imagine, something on our that Arteta would have been pretty disappointed about after the game.
0: Yeah, most definitely. And you spoke about how it was easy to get through our midfield. And Everton, of course, you've got Dominic Calvert-Lewin injured. Ricardo has to cover. Solomon Rondon has been playing there recently. And it seemed like the goals were dry, But against Arsenal, the, the Arsenal's defence just looked more leaky than they usually do. Ramsdale was conceding. Gabriel was making mistakes. Like, why mm-hmm. was it the pressure of Goodison Park? Was Everton just so passionate because of the recent turmoil at the club? What was it? Why was Arsenal so leaky?
1: Yeah, I think I think Arsenal played Evan on a really bad night. Actually, you know, it, you're coming on the back of a, a really bad defeat against your biggest rivals. Uh, been building for a few weeks, uh, but I also don't think that's an excuse. And to be honest with you, if you if you look at goals conceded alone, uh, and you look at the number of the clean sheets that Arsenal have kind of generated over the past 10, 10 11 weeks or so, um, everything looks hunky dory. You know, really good, but a little bit of a scratch. Beyond the underlying numbers, it, it, it paints a little bit of a different picture. Uh, I mean, even on 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 Monday night, if you were to just look at the the XG for the game, for example, um, Arsenal finished with an XG of one um, against, which isn't too bad, really. But obviously, you have two goals chalked off that were really kind of centimeters in it, you know. And they were if, if you throw them in it, it probably looks a bit more lopsided in Everton's favour. Um, I had a quick look at the numbers before we come on and only five sides have got a higher XG against this season. Uh, only seven teams have allowed more shots on their goal. So you're kind of looking and thinking the defence, probably from a performance perspective, hasn't been that great. And that would line up a little bit with what we've seen with games like against Brighton. They'll get Brighton game of thoughts. So, you know, Brighton were really dangerous that day and asked probably wrote the look a little bit. And you're probably looking at Ramsdale and thinking, you know, he's a big reason why we why Arsenal have, have kind of come out with this good defensive record, uh, because he's been so good. Um, so the way I'd be looking at it, I'd be going, yeah, okay, the defence had a good spell, but the goals that they're starting to slowly concede again probably aren't a shock based on the performance numbers. So there's there's still work to be done there in terms of a. Uh, in terms of improvements, because you can't rely on, you know, Ramsdale, for example, every week. It, 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 you, unfortunately, he's, he's only human, isn't he? Although he's been really good. We saw them Monday, he can't keep everything else.
0: Yeah, at all. So, would you say the Everton game was finally exposed and like, we were papering over the cracks a little bit? Ramsdale was saving us a little bit, and Everton finally exposed what actually hasn't been that completely solid defence.
1: Yeah, I think you summarised it really well there. Um, you know, we'll to, obviously, Arsenal fans are listening, don't want to come across like being too critical, yeah, think, but. Yeah. It's just I think there's, there's a perception sometimes that like you just look at the goals and think, uh, oh, we've stopped conceding goals here, but, we're fantastic. But if, if you're probably a little bit more honest, you know, Arsenal fans listening now and we think of a few performances, a few games like the Brighton one, for example, you do start thinking, mm, yeah, maybe it's, it actually isn't as good as we think and this could be a good thing in terms of um, putting more focus on improving the defence.
0: Of course, I completely agree with you. I think the defence has been leaky recently and it's something Arteta needs to improve on. But one thing he definitely needs to improve on that is the attacking side of things. Now, of course, Goodison Park this season, Everton conceded five goals to Watford, four goals to Liverpool, but Arsenal didn't look like they could create a single chance. And Lacazette was up front that day. Do you think that was the right decision, David? Should we have stuck with Aubameyang, maybe?
1: Uh, Yeah, it's it's hard, isn't it? Uh, Because... I know Aubameyang, uh, just from the outside looking in. You know, I do follow a few Arsenal, uh, you know, fans and people in the Arsenal bubble, and I noticed he has been getting a little bit of criticism, being a bit wasteful this year, um, and some of it justified, I might add. You know, obviously, was the one against Watford. He, he missed a good chance against Everton late on as well. But you know, on the whole, he's, he he has kind of been certainly in terms of his underlying numbers, he's been performing pretty much on par. I just think he's had a few high-profile misses. Those ones I just mentioned—the penalty uh, miss against—who who, who was that against? Uh, I guess Watford. Watford again, yeah. So um, I think that's maybe influenced things. I could have influenced Arteta as well, but you know he's still obviously a top-top striker, isn't he? And I think the attacking issues are probably a bit of a a wider problem in terms of in terms of Arsenal's own chance creation as a team, because again, if you look at Monday night, what was the, I mean, the possession share was something silly, wasn't it, about uh, 63% Arsenal had, so as per usual, a lot of the ball, uh, a lot of territorial dominance, but I think there was only maybe 10 passes into the penalty area, I, I think the shot count was almost identical, I'll check, yeah, Everton had four shots on target, 11 overall, Arsenal had three on target, 10 overall, so, you know, it was, it was very, very similar, and, I guess that the point I'm trying to make is whilst we can talk about the profiles, Lacazette or Aubameyang, I think the issue probably is is it's not so much the profile who's up top. It's it's a wider point of not being able to convert ball dominance into the actual shots on goal and yeah. you know chances for the uh, attackers.
0: Yeah, definitely. If Arsenal fans are laboring, it as pointless possession at times during the game mm-hmm. against Everton because we just wasn't creating any chances and I thought they did try to change that. He did bring on Eddie Nketio and Nketiah and Nuno Tavares for Kieran Tierney but I think that went negatively for Arsenal. Do you agree with that, David?
1: Yeah, yeah, probably because we've just been talking about Tierney saying he wasn't really doing too too poorly and I know I, for me, I, it just feels a little bit like a, how I'd describe a sideways substitution. So, mm-hmm not necessarily uh, pushing the needle towards the, the win column, just a kind of a little bit of a sideway move. And I know you've got players like Pepe on the bench, for example, um, who maybe could have been a different option to come on, you know, a bit more attack-focused, a um, bit more of a maverick, can pre- produce things in the final third. But again, I, t- I touched on it earlier. I don't think Arteta particularly likes those kind of maverick profiles. Mm. Um Last season, I know it's, just, it's only one thing, but at, uh, Arsenal had the fewest dribble attempts across the Premier League. I think they're fairly low again this year. And I think, although it's only one metric, that it does kind of paint this picture that, along with what we watch of Arsenal and Arteta, that, that's all very rigid. He likes to be very set in his ways, the short kind of passing sequences, and doesn't really like anyone to bring a little bit more flair, I guess. Uh, I don't know if you'd, you'd agree, really. or
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd completely agree. I think that's why Pepe has really struggled under Arteta because Pepe is that type of player that you have described. Mm. I think he is a moments player. He's a player who will take the, game, take the game by the scruff of his neck, but he won't do the hard-dogged work, tracking back, following mm. the system. And that's why maybe he has been ostracised. And, and Arteta did say he brought Nketa because he has been performing well in training. And that relates to, of course, playing in a rigid system, doing what is needed to be done for his team. And I also want to speak about the Tierney and Tavari but I think after Tini got subbed off, I feel like Everton really did target Arsenal's right-hand side to Varish. They really attacked with Aaron Gordon, uh, Anthony Gordon down there. Sorry, would you agree with that? Yeah,
1: I and mean, this is maybe the the, the the difference between the two, aren't isn't it? Um, you know, he uh, although we we complimented him rightly so because I don't change what we said at the start. I think he has done well since he's yeah. come in, but um, he, he probably hasn't got that same defensive solidity that that Tini has. Now, I don't know if maybe Arteta looked at it and thought uh, he'll bring more on the ball. We've um, though Tini in his own right is a good attacker. But potentially he's looked at it and thought he'll bring more on the ball. So we'll we'll bring him in. Everton obviously went to a, a three midfield. Um, so you're kind of losing that natural wide man unless you're having the 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 wider, the wider, the wide attackers dropping in. Um, but maybe he just thought there might be a little bit more space for him to to cause issues, and that's why he brought him on. But yeah, it, it it as you said, it become a little bit of a negative because Gordon was, you know, Gordon was quite a threat all evening. You know, he's a he's a trickier uh, young player to deal with. And what ended up happening was he, he that side just become more vulnerable, and he kind of had more joy down there. Then there was a really good chance later on as well. I think uh, for an Arsenal man, Awobi, had, a, had one night, yeah. probably could have. And it comes down on that side. I can't remember exactly how the passage of play kind of originates, but it was definitely, it, it, the chance comes down. Uh, Arsenal's left um, and Iwobi should really score he doesn't.
0: Yeah, I think if that goal went in, that would have been the ultimate embarrassment for Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, we would be coming back to score, but thankfully for Arsenal, it didn't. But we did have our own chances towards the end, didn't we, David, Obamyang And Nketiah are missing crucial chances to get the team back into the side
1: yeah yeah looked a bit they felt like a little bit like uh although evan probably rid, rid the look a little tiny bit near the end there um the, the very i think it was bombing who, who drags it wide doesn't he very late on yeah I think that was a really nice sequence with the dummy in, in the middle of the pitch mm. as well um the header was a big miss that was a really big miss um so arsenal another day could have probably come away with at least a draw there um but does it you know, we talked about it before. Would would that have maybe papered over the cracks a little bit? You know, would would the would the um fans been coming away? Would our tester even be saying, you know, we've got we performed really well, solid points away from home again that tough ground? When in reality, as I said, you know, on another day with centimeters in it, that game could have finished. You know, what was it, four um, one? Yeah. And don't get me wrong, the decisions were correct. I'm not saying they weren't, but just very fine margins that kind of went went Arsenal's way there. So if there's one benefit of getting beat here, and there's very few, obviously, because you want to pick up as many points as possible. there's one benefit, I think it did maybe just highlight that things aren't as rosy as they might have looked. There's still work to be done. um, And you could argue work on both
0: sides of of the game as well. Yeah, definitely. And just to finish off on it, finish up on the episode. Sorry, you said there's work to be done now. Going into the Southampton game, what can Arteta look at? What particular part of the pitch or personnel can you look at and take into the Southampton game and say we need to improve from the Everton game? What part would you say?
1: Yeah, it's tough actually. Um I definitely think although we've we've highlighted the defence as not being as brilliant as as maybe it looked in terms of goals against over the last few weeks, I still think it's 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 improved and there's a top keeper there and I do I do expect you know, maybe against Southampton to be a little bit better, it won't, you know, the, the environment won't be like it was at Goodison Park, for example. I, I think the for me, the biggest issue is the attacking side of things. Um, I'd like to see a little bit more of a fluidity to Arsenal, uh, a little bit less of that rigid structure, a little bit more imagination. Uh, I probably would be looking at like a Pepe in there. I don't know if maybe there's something gone on between him and Arteta, or it is just a football thing, but. I would like to see just a few more profiles who are capable of dribbling running at players and just causing a little bit more havoc on settling a, a, a defense there's a couple of times um i'm trying to think who it was there was some great runs from maybe it might have been like a soccer or someone like mm. that and it does dis- disorganize the defensive structure and when you've got good the attackers around mm. those players it can create openings and i'd just like to see a little bit more of that so you know, against Southampton who are a team who tend to be quite aggressive without the ball, you know, you pressure quite hard. I think that's a good opportunity to have one or two players who are better in one v ones, you know, better dribblers, maybe bypass men, um, disorganise their structure a little bit and then hopefully Arsenal can can expose it and and just try and start creating more chances.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think Arteta just needs to give more belief in his wingers, give them, as you said, more freedom, let them express themselves more, and that maybe we can create chances from that rather than being so rigid. But we shall see how Arsenal do against Southampton on Saturday. David, thank you. You've been a legend for this show. Thank you, mate.
1: Yeah, really enjoyed it. Good to speak to you, and um, look forward to the next one
0: yeah me too thank you very much guys if you want to see more content from david make sure you follow him on twitter at da hughes underscore also follow me on twitter at bailey Q underscore also make sure you subscribe and comment and like all the videos on the arsenal way as there'll be more analyzing arsenal episodes coming soon and also guys most importantly make sure you keep following us down the arsenal way